0: Hey everybody! This is Kirsty Pike, founder and toilet cleaner of Proas Hunting Apparel for Women, and you're listening to the I Am Proas podcast. I'm here too. This is Catherine Brown, customer service coordinator and loyal minion at Proas. Enjoy the ride while we talk about all things hunting, Proas, and the women's outdoor industry
1: and prepare for the usual pro shenanigans as we interview industry pros, talk amongst ourselves, and digress regularly. Regularly.
0: Okay, hey, welcome back to the um, fifth episode of the I Am Pro-Us podcast. It is me, it is I, it is Kirsty Pike, the um, founder of pro and... Catherine Brown, customer service, and that's about it. <laughs> Duties is otherwise assigned. Duties is otherwise assigned. But not assigned. cleaning.
1: No cleaning. Not never. No cleaning.
0: Nope. so we were kind of laughing about it today. Over the course of the podcast, we've kind of made fun of, um, lovingly made fun of Catherine and her um, lack of situational awareness. Endearingly paid homage, I think. I think that's the that's phrase. It. Some, some chortles and claws <laughs> at the same time, but... Um, It was funny this morning because we've had this refrigerator that we've had in pros for probably, I don't know, at least a decade. And it gets frozen up and it's one of those little dormitory ones. So it literally builds this ice cave that takes over the entire refrigerator and then gloms onto the walls and then you can't open the door. So we have to have an exorcism. We do. And we started that today. So I started (laughs) chipping away at it today with a hammer and a And a knife, as instructed by Catherine, and I got the knife (laughs) stuck in the ice, and I can't get it out. So I moved the refrigerator outside right literally next to the front door, propped open so that the ice (laughs) cave can melt. And she walks in and didn't even notice. I I said something about how I had to go defrost the refrigerator, and she's like, do you need help moving it outside?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm lucky that I live in a small town because my situational awareness skills are pretty poor. Don't listen up, murderers and, and other people. But yeah,
0: i would be pretty, <laughs> it's pretty true. In fact, the first um, uh, podcast that we did, we recorded onto this SD card and I put it into an envelope for her to specifically take home to Paul because Paul gets it all loaded up on Podbean for us. And I you know, hadn't heard anything from Paul for a couple days. So I read, reached out and said, hey, you know, have you gotten us this, this card? And he said, no. I said, Catherine brought it home to you He's like, it's nowhere. And literally, he found it in the mailbox. And I specifically remembered handing it to
1: him. So at some point, I had that intention in my mind, but apparently it didn't actually occur that
0: way. (laughs) It's amazing we get anything done. But enough of that. So we are super excited today to have the one and only Donna Boddington um, joining us, uh, calling in for the podcast. Donna is amazing we've known her for a lot of years she's put up with us forever many many moons many many moons she likes wine like we do so that's always a very endearing treat so (laughs) um with that always always welcome how are you i'm good how are you guys we're fantastic we're well (laughs) yeah so um you just recently got back from an amazing stone sheep hunt didn't you
2: I did. It was amazing. I was not successful in getting a sheep, but it was amazing. Every hunt's amazing and the experience is amazing
0: for sure. I thought it was really, I thought what was really cool about this hunt, and I didn't realize it until after the fact that your guide was Kate Bryant. Um, Kate is our New Zealand coordinator and she's been on staff for a long time. So um, that was really cool to see the photos and everything.
2: You guys, I had no idea either. And she was wearing Prowts and I was and we were talking about it. I mean, honestly, for a couple days. And she's like, Yeah. I said, um, I don't know, we, we were always talking about the pieces we like and what works for what and the layering and she I said, so um, are you, like, I said, you know, you should talk to Kirsty. She goes, well, I'm there. She's in <laughs> rest. And I went, oh, my God, I feel so, so dumb. I don't know why I didn't know that. But, yeah, she's an amazing woman. She's an amazing um, skilled guide. I can't even say enough good things about her. I was just, um, I-, I was so excited because I'm a big fan of proists. I have been from the get-go and um you know to to just be able to i was excited to hunt with a woman guide to begin with and then to realize we had all these connections that we didn't know about it was very very uh it just made the hunt that much better
0: that's cool i i just thought that was a really neat thing because i saw the pictures and i thought man that, that, that gal looks so familiar. And, um, <laughs> but I wasn't putting together that she was in Canada, although I know she goes and guides in Canada. So I, I just hadn't put it together that she was up there guiding yet. And, and then, um, after you mentioned, it, I was like, Oh my God, that is Kate. So, what a um, small world. it's crazy. Very small world.
2: Definitely. Six degrees of separation, as they say.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. So tell us how you ended up in the wild world of proists. Well, I um, had been hunting, I'd say, for about six
2: years. Um, I started hunting, I think, in about 2003. And I, I had tried a lot of different um, clothing. You know, first just got stuff at Cabela's. A lot of times I wore men's clothing or boys. And, you know, and I, I was going to Greenland. And I needed some warm clothing. I was going on a muskox hunt. In about 2009, I think it was. Correct me if I'm wrong. And I saw an ad for your stuff. I think it was more online. And I loved the look of it. I liked the lines. It was, it was definitely more um, curated for a woman. And I just started ordering your stuff. I ordered stuff. It worked great for me in Greenland. I loved it. And I believe it was at the show the next year. Uh, the outfitter I went with, um, Icelandic hunting club, had a booth there, and they had a big thing of me and my prowess, and you guys saw it, and that's how we connected.
0: Isn't that great? And then we found our, our mutual love for wine and all things um, <laughs> fun and funky out there. I For anyone who doesn't know Donna, she is literally one of the funniest people out there. She just laughs all the time, and... Um, We actually went on a women's hunt. uh, Gosh, I think, what was it, 2017 when we went on the bear hunt? Mm -hmm. And, oh, my gosh, that was the first time, I mean, short of being at the shows, that you and I spent a lot of time together. And uh, there was one particular night where we might have had some wine. I can neither confirm nor deny. But somehow (laughs) there was just potatoes. There was potatoes in the kitchen. And for some reason, I threw one out into the the living room and literally hit Donna square in the (laughs) face with it. What yeah, I, <laughs> like, oh, I could have aimed at her and tried that. And all she could say was And you well, friends with God, this woman. All she could say was thank God it wasn't a russet.
2: <laughs> I know. I didn't even know where that came from, but it just seemed like the right thing to say because it it was a smaller potato you hit me with and it really didn't you a know fingerling? it landed it- on my head and I don't know. We all just busted
0: up. That was pretty funny. <laughs> it was funny. And then, um, yeah, that was the same trip when um, we were with Sparky Sparks. You can't make that up, but he was our outfitter and he got, kind of, it, over time, he ended up spending most of his time just toting the four of us around in his truck. And so he, he would pull up in front of the, the, the cabin and just be like, out of the truck, bitches. And it was just the way we, we ran from there on out.
2: <laughs> oh yeah we've ruled him we've ruled that yeah we we really did that was actually one of my funnest most uh like laughing we laughed all the time with, and you guys met judy and oh my god that was pretty funny
0: oh is that your chihuahua Chihuahua?
2: it is my um hunting dog luke thor boddington and he's 15 years old and he's a minpin and he's yeah he oh. must have heard something in his dream because yeah, he sleeps a lot, but likes <laughs> so <that's> his walks.
1: <laughs> I feel like we need some Donna Boddington and Craig Boddington like, background story, like who they are as people, because everyone might not know like what a big deal they are.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I know we didn't throw that down on our listy list, but um, you want to throw anything? Just tell a little bit about you guys.
2: Well, so Craig has been in this business, the hunting, um, writing, uh, for, for 40 years. I met Craig when I was about forty three or forty four. So last year. For a mutual friend. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Mm-hmm. He's kind yeah, of a big
1: deal. That's I feel it. like he's kind of a big deal. Um, I'll throw it out there.
2: He is a big deal and I had no idea who he was when I was. <laughs> I didn't hunt. honestly, I didn't. I was like, eh, Yeah, whatever. Um and it wasn't like a date or anything. It was just he was on his way to Camp Pendleton because he was in the military. Um And working, you know, doing his writing and also uh, working as a colonel in the military during, you know, Afghanistan and all that. And he was on his way from Paso Robles to Pendleton. I was with a friend. He knew my friend. He met us for dinner. And, um, yeah, that's how we met.
0: And the rest is history. And
2: he, yeah, and I was not a hunter when I met him. I was not an anti-hunter. I just had never been exposed to it. I, um... I believe we were talking and I told him one of my favorite shows as a kid was Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. And he said in his head, he told, it's what he told me later. I, when you told me that, I thought, well, I might be able to work with
0: this one.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Plus,
1: you're hot and sassy. Yeah. You
0: really want to hang out with that. That's right. That's yeah, what-
1: I
2: really wasn't open to dating him for a while and um he tried and i think it was the hunter in him you know i made him chase me <laughs> <laughs> not on purpose i just really wasn't interested in dating at all i was done with men they were painting my you know what
0: so you were saying you weren't interested in craig is that what you're saying yeah i wasn't interested in craig at all <laughs> he was a great
1: hunter and they got you into hunting
2: and he was he was persistent so i finally said okay fine if you want to drive three hours and take me to dinner so be it. You're not staying in my
0: house. You can get a hotel or you can drive home. You little vixen you
1: playing oh, hard to get because you weren't interested. Yeah, I think I, I think I was
2: just yeah, he liked the bitch in me. I don't it.
0: know. Well, it's really funny because so when you see we. Craig and Donna together, they are adorable. They are an adorable couple. They're so a
2: power couple. They are
0: powerful people. Powerful people.
2: I don't know about that, but we love we have a good time together and we travel well
1: and um And the botting are a big deal in the hunting industry.
2: Well, my husband is. I'm just collateral damage. (laughs) (laughs) But I like it. It's good collateral damage because look at the things I've gotten. That's your new nickname. I've gone. That's right. <laughs> that is. That's my Instagram handle. It I is. Know, I thought it was appropriate.
0: I, it took me a while to figure out who you were there because I was like, "Who is this collateral damage woman?" And then I think I, know, I saw right? a picture of you and I together, and I was like, "Oh my God, it's Donna." I'm associated yeah.
1: with this <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: person. <laughs> I know funny. it might sound a little negative until you get the background story, and then you know me, and then you can just laugh about it, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I really personally loved all your stories about how you used to um, do work in the home of like the Motley crew guys so that, I thought that oh, was yeah. very cool mm-hmm.
2: yep I did interior landscaping and I lived down in like Thousand Oaks Westlake Village and I worked I did stuff for yeah Heather Lockler, Tommy Lee in their houses like just interior plants they had these big mansions and I helped you know help them with their interior designer and put them in and Pretty funny, um, yeah. And then I ended up with Craig, and I'm doing something completely different, and I love it. It's uh, it's actually way more interesting well, than anything I ever did before.
0: It's pretty lucky to get to do like two or three different things in your lifetime that you love. So that's that's a win. It really is.
2: It is. You're right. It really is. I'm very fortunate. It's funny. Um, you know, you and I are are grandmothers now, and Catherine's a mother, and we've seen life evolve for all of us. Like we've just, you know, there's different phases in your life and they're all good. They're just different.
0: Definitely. Definitely. It's a journey for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, it
2: really is. I mean, did you ever think, okay, Catherine, did you ever think you were going to love being a mother as much as you do? Or did you even plan on being a mother?
1: Yes, I did plan on it, but I didn't want to for many years. And now I'm just like completely obsessed with this adorable little I person tell. that I created. And <laughs> she's got the cutest beautiful. voice well, on the planet.
2: Oh, I know. And I just follow her that around way. and do
1: things that she likes to do with her. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. my job. And make her go to bed and feed her.
2: <laughs> right. And then, and then, you know, us as grandmothers, like, People always tell you it's great to be a grandmother or a grandparent. And you just don't get it till you get it, you know. Not until you, you have it.
0: Not yep. at all. It's it's totally your bonus for not killing your own kids. I say it all the time. And <laughs> those times where Steve and I really literally thought like we could end one of them right now because they're so naughty, but then we might have grandkids. So thank God we held <laughs> right. off on that. Now that and neither of us look great in orange. I mean, it's the fair complexion. So. Yeah. No, but being a grandparent's the best thing ever. And it's catch and release. That's the other best part. Cause when you're done, you can just hand them back. It's, you know, so yeah, there's true. No, there's so no release true. for
1: me. There's only catch. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: know. yeah. So, um, part of the pros podcast is, um, I have Catherine do a spiel on some of our new products and things that we've got coming in here. So, We recently did a run of these new Dionla deck boots, um, waterproof, and they're doing great. Um, And here goes Catherine.
1: Yeah, I really love these boots as a ranch boot as well. They're neoprene and rubber upper molded footbed and heavy duty pull tabs. And they're a shorter rubber waterproof boot that's really great for a wide variety of things. They're great for fishing. They're a great boat boot. They're really grippy on a variety of surfaces. And I wear them a ton at our ranch for muddy and dirty conditions as well. And they're really comfortable. The molded footbed keeps them very comfortable for even long walks. So uh, check them out, the Dion La Boot. And we are doing a podcast specific coupon code, which is podcast that can get you 30% off your entire order online of non-sale items and this would be included as well. So check out using the coupon code podcast and that will be good through the end of September.
0: Bama Lama. Um, Awesome. Yeah, I like mine too, although they make my feet look extraordinarily huge. But I'd like to blame it on the boots, but it's just because my feet are extraordinarily huge. But I mean,
1: if you're six foot tall, they wouldn't be. They would be proportional. They would be proportional. Probably. I know. Uh, you're not.
0: It was Cara Lorenz that told me I look like a clown. <laughs> <laughs> too, short. too short for size 10, I'm guessing. She can't wear red shoes for Ooh. that reason. <laughs> oh, my God. David, well, Donna, you have like gone all over the world and done some of the I mean, most amazing, some of the rarest some of the most challenging hunts what what are some of your most memorable hunts that you've been on um I,
2: okay so i have to say like one of the first hot ha- one of the hardest hunts and, and the first time i went on something that hard was a goat hunt in british columbia and we packed in on horses slept in a little you know two-man tent um and I had never done anything like that before. I mean, Craig just was like, okay, we're going to go. You, you got to go to He's been such a big supporter. of. I think he lives vicariously. Um, not vicariously. He lives like when he sees someone else who hasn't done a lot of what he's done, it, it just brings a new spark into, you know, your, um, you get that feeling about when you first started, I guess, you know what I mean? Like when you introduce somebody and he brought me in and he just was like, we're doing this. And I had no idea what I was in for. No idea. And this was honestly,
0: baptism by fire. I
2: <laughs> That's a brutal like it was not first time I'd been to.
0: <laughs>
2: right. You know, he introduced me to Africa. I think that was the first time I ever had it was in Africa, but, um, those hunts are different, you know, you, you come back at night, you're usually sleeping in a pretty nice, you know, well tent with an ensuite bathroom and, stuff. and this was just, this was like trial by fire. And I mean, I had every, I was on horses, which I didn't grow up riding horses, but I got on that horse and learned to ride, you know, I mean, I'd ridden horses, but nothing like, I'm not like you guys, you guys are on horses, you have horses. I never had horses. So, uh, that was pretty interesting. Um, the climbing in the, in the shale and the scree and, and just all that was something I'd never done before. So that's really memorable. It was, and, and I think the hard hunts are things I really remember whether I'm successful or not. Because it's the personal challenge that you did it—things you think you can never do, or you don't even think about doing—and then you, like that, I never thought about doing. And when I did it, I was—I kind of got addicted to those mountain hunts.
0: They're you know? they're amazing. And, they're tough, and, and they push you in every way, shape, and form. And um, just yeah. just being able to do it is a big deal.
1: Yeah, my mountain goat—it hunt it is, is. kind of like that too, where I I shot a mountain goat before I even shot an elk. Cause I got it. Oh they, wow. Yeah. So I didn't really know yeah. what I was getting into either. And the only thing that came close to it was like hiking down in the black Canyon. That was all screen avalanche shoots and just super gnarly, dangerous terrain that you're like, wow, I could get seriously injured or die up here.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. It's, it's just a, it, yeah. And I, um, I really enjoy that. I, I, I enjoy going to Africa. That's a whole different kind of hunting. Um, I went to Uganda last year and I hunted for, um, some, well, we did Buffalo. My husband loves to hunt Buffalo and we do Cape Buffalo there. And, um, you know, I, I hunted for a sitatunga, and that was a different kind of hunt. You're kind of up in a machan, which is like a blind and it's over all this, these, this papyrus. And I mean, it was, it was a long hunt. Every day we didn't see one, or we did, but we couldn't. It wasn't the right one. And then when we, the last, the night before we were leaving, or the afternoon, I got on one, and I had to just stay for like three hours until it was crossing like a open lane. It's hard to explain, but um, you know, just like you have to get in your own head, and you just learn so much about what you're capable of. Staying still, being patient doing all that it's just been um
1: what level of discomfort you, know, you can tolerate mm-hmm. yeah for <laughs> sure yeah you know
2: there's just there's comfort and discomfort it's a weird it's a yeah. weird dynamic i did not know i could tolerate kinda, this
1: level of pain or exhaustion
2: <laughs> right or sitting still. yeah that you you totally hit the nail on the head though it's just like that discomfort and you just push through it and you realize what you're capable of and it's more mental than anything it's yeah. more mental than physical Every. I think hunting is very mental um,
1: in your
0: head. Oh, definitely. More than people realize.
1: I don't think most people, most people nowadays are used to a high level of comfort and a low level of discomfort. So people don't really, that haven't been in those situations can't really understand like the situations you like willfully put yourself in or like yeah this is what I want to do on my vacation
0: (laughs) oh for sure yep and the mental part of it like you said is probably some of the hardest part of it whether it's just sitting and waiting whether it's you're freezing to death and you know you know you have to wait it out or you know you're you know you would long to go to a bed but you're not getting off a mountain for days and Um, Right. Just being able to put yourself in your head and just walk yourself through it even if it's it's hour by hour sometimes.
2: It's so true. And it is hour by hour. It's in your head. You're like sometimes you're like, I can't do this for another day because by the end of the day you're wiped out and you're sore or you have a blister and you know you have to put your boots back on and and then you you get a night's sleep because you're so exhausted. and You wake up; it's a new day, and you just you're like, okay, one foot in front of the other. I'm doing it again. I'm okay now.
0: Yep, yep. And you can kind of wire yeah. it back in and and get yourself back together, and you know, patch yourself up, get going. Yep,
2: it's so true. So it's, it's um been a real growth uh for me too. Just as a a woman, um, just you know, you grow so much by. By pushing yourself, whether it's in this or something
0: else. Oh, for sure, and it's you. And it's it's good to mention too that you do go off on your own. You you hunt without Craig quite often, and um, that, I do. That's that's a great thing. I think that's where female hunters grow um, even more. If if your spouse or husband or significant other, whatever, is your mentor, it's where you grow the most is when you actually make your own decisions and figure your own stuff out, and you don't have that expertise to rely on that you actually, like, leaps and bounds, I think.
2: Oh, it's it's so true. And you feel like, ah, you know, I feel like, I remember the first time I did something without Craig, because, you know, he's the guy who got me into this. And we do so much together. And it was so enlightening for me. And honestly, I was like, I you taught me well. I'm a big girl. I can do this. Like, I, I want to do this on my own and sometimes it's hard for them to let go. He gets fear of missing out bad. He hates it. I mean, he doesn't like it when I go without him, not because of any other reason, except that he hates to miss out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh, and for sure. he's, he's, Yeah. It's just funny. And I'm like, and I, I, even on this hunt, he had something he had to do anyways, but I told him when I booked him, like, you, 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 can't go with me. I'm going on my own. I've done a lot of, I mean, I've done a lot of sheep hunts on my own because it's really not something you do with a whole bunch of people anyways. Yeah. You know,
1: Kirstie's done a lot of independent hunting in the last few years too. And that's been really cool for me to see her go out and do things on her own because her husband was a guide and got her into hunting as well. So.
0: It's just a lot of fun. And it's, I, like I said, it's, um, it is kind of where you start to grow a little bit. It doesn't mean that it's always a success, but when it is, it, it's kind of one of the most empowering things ever. And it's it's really fun when, you know, if I get something down all on my own and take care of it all on my own, um, to be able to call him. And he's he's more excited about it than I am just because, you know, you can figure it out. You can do it. You can take care of yourself. It's 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 a pretty cool experience.
2: hundred percent. And I think they feel accomplished because they're the ones who, who, who help get you there, like who taught you?
0: Yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. No, it's exciting. So, you know, you you've been involved in this industry for quite some time now. And um, how do you feel like the hunting industry is changing in terms of getting more women out into the field?
2: I, I feel like it's embracing women more. Um, there's more uh, things geared for women, and or you know, women just women, not just you know, like women with their husbands or their mentors um I feel like women are getting a lot more respect in this in this um and I don't know if industries that were but just as hunters as independent hunters we have some amazing women that do amazing things and um you know uh because they did it and, and a lot of them did it on their own like without even I mean getting into it um through a mentor they just like, I mean Larissa Switler's I mean she had nobody mentoring. She just wanted to get into hunting.
0: Yeah, and she's she all over it. the world.
2: Yes. Yeah. She is.
1: I agree. I think that it's becoming more of the norm and there's so many badass ladies out there and we, we like to collect them as a company <laughs> in terms of getting them on staff. But I've been blown away with, with the women I've met and that's kind of what we're surrounded around here, so we don't even really see the stereotypical end of it. And I, I saw that more when, when I first got involved with Proas many moons ago, but not at all as, as much now. Things, things are changing, and the hunting industry was a little bit behind some of the rest of the world just based on the traditional roots of it and kind of the culture, but it's, it's no longer a male culture. You
0: definitely see that. Yeah, I think, 100%. It, yeah, and you're seeing more women's only hunts. I mean, PROS does a number of those and, um, just getting ladies out and, and trying some different things. And then, gosh, like Catherine was saying, you see some of these people like, um, you know, I'm going to just use this one example of one of our staffers, um, Amy Garnish up in Alaska. So last year she went out on her paddleboard with her gun and shot a sick deer, Put it on the paddleboard, brought it back. Just, oh wow! I know, just something that's so mind-bending and so, so cool. Badass. Yeah, just way to go. But I think that that's the neatest thing. Like you said, is that um, the industry has definitely changed over the years, and I think it's it's neat to see the ladies just stepping forward and and pushing their comfort zones. A hundred
2: percent, and they totally. Um, I mean there's so many independent ones that just go out there and do it on their own. I mean, I do, I've done some do it yourself hunts, but most of my hunts are guided and I have such respect for so many women who go out there and just do it on their own. Like they go out and they do all the research and you know, they read their maps and they get, I'm just impressed with the, the quality of the women hunting they're just they're not depending on anyone but themselves and they're learning and that is impressive
1: and the guides too like running the pro form program with proists I've seen so many female guides too that takes it to a level beyond just like going out and doing a hunt on yourself but taking and guiding other people just like your recent experience with our pro staff member guiding you that's awesome
2: yeah she was amazing I have nothing but praise for her I, I she was so motivating and she never stopped doing her job i mean and she's so strong i was amazed like she's she's a beast yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean that i mean that
1: in the beast kind mode. of possible way yes she that's is, a compliment she's, around she's here amazing yes. It is. I like not someone her, I said, describe an me animal. that way. <laughs> <laughs> right? I not said, just because an I bit them. I mean that <laughs> <as> a compliment.
0: <laughs> no, that's amazing. And uh, yeah, and yeah. Beast is in like cool. I don't want to be like Beastie like Hulk, but Beastie. Like, I
1: kind of do no, when I get angry. Wouldn't that be cool?
0: Just start smashing stuff. I'd like to turn green <laughs> a little bit. I know.
2: I, I was like into the, you green green too. That, uh, like the, the green part could sing that the Frog
0: song. <laughs> It's not easy being green. It is. It's not. <laughs> uh, we digress. We do. Well, it's funny because um, again, we go back to some of our products, and um, Catherine's going to talk a little bit about the Groove Life belts. But we literally um, were watching some YouTube video <laughs> right before we sat down with Donna, just because we're you know looking just at the product. the and- podcast right
1: here and and Google Groove Life um video on YouTube because it was hilarious it's some excellent marketing I don't
0: even know if I can do it justice you can't but we were dying it was so funny you got to look it up because it's just it's it's almost we thought it was it started pretty uncomfortable but then it
1: got funnier and funnier yeah it was
0: pretty (laughs) spoofy and then I was like insanely jealous that we hadn't thought of something like that over the course of the years yeah we
1: need to film a commercial on on par with this one because it's a really good one but we uh, took on the Groove Life belt in our product offerings, and it is literally the best belt in the entire world,
0: <laughs> snap, snap. according
1: to the commercial, but it has these uh, really lightweight neodymium, hold on. That's a hard word to say. We were, we were practicing it. We were practicing it. Neodymium.
0: It was magnets. neodymium.
1: Neodymium magnets that are lightweight and it has a very satisfying snap when you close it that the commercial talks about <laughs> as well. But you adjust it once and then you don't have that long belt tail. Obviously, if you change sizes, you can readjust it. But you can trim it to length and it fits a super wide variety of people because it comes extra long and. Um, the magnet closure, everything, the elasticity of it, just make it a super functional, comfortable belt. And it is uh, strong as hell as well. So that's nice because I have uh, butt crack issues. <laughs> it's, t- <laughs> it's a true story, like especially trimming animals, like... <laughs> Out on the ranch, bending over doing things like the poor two girls that that work for me see my butt crack way too much, and this I'm
0: throw, throw a quarter in it like <laughs> commercial.
1: Co- you should start throwing quarters in there. You get bonus points. How about some
0: higher waisted pants? You could get some mom pants.
1: Yeah, I should get some mom pants, should I? But this this belt is amazing for keeping your pants exactly where you want. It's quick release for both romantic and (laughs) non-romantic reasons like if you have a toilet emergency or if you're like boom get over
0: here (laughs) we learned that on the commercial too so now now you guys have all turned off the podcast for this. all their
1: lines because they were hilarious but they they snap and latch instantly they're strong as hell they've got powerful neo deemium magnets so check out the group life belt with a great pros emblem and it's it's a really slick technical belt and it functions fantastically
0: it's amazing i'm gonna have to check it, out it. check it out now you got you gotta go check out the youtube video for it it's <laughs> hysterical i am like i said I i'm jealous I, I wish we had thought of something like that for pros because yeah. it's a riot um so you know we've been talking a little bit about um you know women in the industry and getting into hunting but donna what advice do you have for women who want to learn to hunt maybe don't necessarily have a mentor or are just fearful or or whatever
2: so i think um there's a lot of groups that you can reach out to but if you're not into that there's a lot of camps like my my daughter has a she hunts women's camp and it's amazing um Candy and Randy Yao do a camp there. I mean, you guys have, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of ways that you can do it. Um, you can, you can learn without, you know, if you want to just go, go learn about it and you don't have a mentor. Um, you know, um, I was lucky I had Craig and, you know, most people do most women end up getting into it through somebody else and whatever. But, I I have seen, like, um, I did the Wyoming woman's antelope hunt, and they had people, women come, um, and they have scholarships, too, and they had women come who had never hunted, and they teach you, you know, how to handle a gun, gun safety, how to dial in your scope,
1: all that stuff. There's some great Uh, programs out there, for sure.
2: Yeah, there's a lot more than there used to be. I mean, I, you know, I don't know that I ever would have, I'm a curious person and I like being outdoors but I never thought about hunting because I was never exposed to it. But I, I think because more women are hunting, more women are thinking, "Oh, I w- I would love to go do that and get, you know, fill my freezer and get meat for, you know, a whole year or plus. But how do I start?" So, I would say you google women in hunting and you can find out there's so many different ways to get into it. Some don't cost you anything. You know, there's groups like SCI, Dallas Safari Club, um, Ducks Unlimited. There's so many that, that would totally embrace you because we want to have more women and more people. We want to we grow our, our footprint. We don't want it to diminish. No, so much- I feel like oh, go ahead. We, we, we definitely embrace new hunters uh, as a whole.
0: Especially when we're looking at the overall number of hunters declining, um, in the last few years, it's, it's getting more and more important to get more women in there. Um, they find if women are enmeshed into the hunting industry, then the kids follow. So, you know, that is the point of pushing on the heritage of it. So, I mean, it's, it's super important. Like you mentioned.
2: It is. And I feel like, you know, like I said, I think, I think we're a very, um, welcoming, welcoming, um, group of you know I think hunters are welcoming for new people yeah. I think they, they they welcome they welcome the opportunity
1: and I, I feel like especially women are are welcoming like we tend to be less competitive in like a hunting environment and things like that like as yes. we put on 90% of them if you have no hunting experience you would be completely fine going to and would have help and mentorship and, and some of the cool programs that that I really like, like becoming an outdoor woman. NRA has a ton of women's programs. There's lots of like women's hunt camps that, that are going to take you through the whole process or you learn to, to hunt, fly fish, outdoor skills. And even just attending a hunter safety course, you learn so much. Because I started yes, 100%. Out doing falconry and really didn't know anything about guns, and then your local shooting clubs are a great resource for just like learning gun safety, how to shoot, things like that. There's so many programs for women, like you said, that either have a mentor or don't, that they can get into it and start getting comfortable and not feel scared or intimidated that they're new to it, because there's going to be people that are going to take you every step of the way through the process.
2: Yeah, and you're right. The NRA, I mean, you can get instruction on gun safety and everything, and it doesn't cost you a dime. Um, you just have to, you know, see where it's available in your area. Even gun ranges are welp- welcoming more, um, you know, more welcoming as far as, you know, if, if you have a local gun range in your area and you go there and you ask them, you know, or you call them up, like, how do I get, how do I, how do I learn about shooting and the shooting sports? And they'll say, "Come in." Uh, they have classes sometimes oh, yeah. more than once a month. You know, there's just a lot more outlets than
0: there used to be. Oh, for sure. And then um, <clears throat> a lot of the archery shops are really great. And and working with women to get properly fitted with their bow—that's a huge problem. You can't necessarily just go buy one. Um, it's really good to sit down right. with an expert who's going to walk through setting your peep site and doing all the things that you need to do and your and your pins and and get you lined up and get you comfortable so you can get out there and they a lot of them have ladies nights and things like that. So, anyone out there who's really thinking about jumping in, just do it and don't be embarrassed and don't be afraid cuz um, most of these most of these things are not intimidating once you get there. Once you actually get in the door, you're going to feel fine.
2: And you're going to be welcomed and you are ever I mean, people women are happy to help other Women usually they really you know we we love we love to say hey you know we love to help it's just our nature we love to get people comfortable so
0: definitely yay women (laughs) yeah we forgot we forgot to tell you we dressed you up so every time we have somebody on the podcast we have a a mannequin over here dressed in prowess with a different kind of a mask on and so you are the magical unicorn majestic
1: unicorn Mm -hmm. the horn is slightly. Ben, I tried to fix it for you and it's just a little, it's not broken, it's bent. It's very, it's very apropos.
0: (laughs) But yeah, but you've got some striking blue eyes going on. Like, I think you're looking at both of us at the same time. It's really weird. No, she's looking at me. No, she's looking at me. No, she's looking at me. (laughs) D-Bot's mine. Hands off. Hours, (laughs)
1: Hours. <laughs>
0: hours. I miss you, ladies. I think you
1: all. She called us ladies.
0: Uh we don't get that very often. <laughs> but yeah, so we will be there. Um our, we'll be at the shows this year. Every now COVID COVID be damned. So we'll be at SCI, Dallas, and the Hunting Expo in Salt Lake.
2: Awesome. Does that see mean you, I will see you then? Uh, I'll be at all
0: of them. All of them. That means we get to have some wine. And it's funny, it, I have to give this I, I'm pretty proud of the skill I learned over the show season when you're, um, Donna has always been great about bringing us some delicious, delicious wine when she comes by the booth. And, um, sadly, I never, ever have a corkscrew. I'm pretty much have like relegated to have a screw off top <laughs> if we're in the booth. So I learned how to open wine with a zip tie and a screwdriver. It's a skill set I'll teach you all. No work. way! I need
2: to. I need to learn that. Yeah. Me too. I
0: usually yeah. just
1: push the cork through, and then it's all like floating in chunks in your wine, and it's uh, not mm-hmm. that great.
0: And it blows up on you, especially if I use your scissors that you cut up. Guinea pigs with for your felt or your have a hawk. hawk
1: at that show with Ooh. me.
0: Yeah, I've used some scissors I found on the bathroom sink to
1: not just use random <laughs> You gotta look. They had like blood and fur on them. I don't know what she was thinking. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so that went in the wine, but whatever. <laughs> oh my we gosh. we didn't die. Nobody died. <laughs> well, Donna, thanks so much for your time. I mean, I know like you got you're really busy right now and it's hunting seasons everywhere. But um we really appreciate you calling in and hanging out and we just miss you like crazy. We love our bud. I
2: absolutely love talking to you guys anytime. I mean, I don't know what I can, you know, I mean, I, I, I can't say enough about your products. I love them and I'm not, this is nothing you told me to say, but, um, I, I love, I, I just, they work for me. I mean, when I went into camp, just got to say, I, I was the lightest one. There were three men and me and they, we were all in different camps. But when we flew into float camp this last time, Every the pilot when I got everybody was like that's all you have you have your gun in your pack and I mean I had I had everything I needed and it and it was all promise as far as you know what I needed to wear so and it worked so it's uh, it's tried and true and I've been a fan since you guys started so well that's not going
0: anywhere D-Bot endorsed and she puts it through the paces that's for sure absolutely. All right. Well, Well, thanks thanks, for having me, guys. Thanks, Debub. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.